Today, I'm here with Justin Leader. Uh, we're going to start to highlight on some local leaders, local thought leaders, local people making a big difference in their communities. And we brought Justin on to kind of talk about his journey in creating Benefits DNA and a few other projects he has going on and explain kind of, you know, what started it all for you and kind of where you came from. Kind well, of roots. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. As you know, I'm a big fan of everything y'all do. So it's an honor to be here and, and share. So let's start from the beginning as like, we'll just go real cliche. Yeah. Uh, um, what really you think along your journey was the thing that set you on your course of like doing what you're doing now with Benefits DNA? And then we'll get into kind of what Benefits DNA does. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I, I think about this and, and I had a thought the past week about just entrepreneurism in, in general and that spirit. And I was trying to think like, cause I've always hustled to some extent, mm -hmm. but like I thought back, like way back when, like what was the first entrepreneurial thing I did? And it was literally in like fifth grade. So in fifth grade, Mr. Norman used to hand out like for good behavior and stuff like these little bingo chips mm -hmm. and you could cash them in for candy. So I had this bright idea. I had like this old matchbox case and I created a bank and I would hold other people's bingo chips and charge them <laughs> interest over time uh, for those bingo chicks so I could get more candy. But um, I, I think I've always had some entrepreneurial spirit. And um, I think part of that is too, I'm probably at this point unemployable because I, I like to do business yeah. um, and run them. Um, not that I don't take direction or, or work with my team, uh, don't take that the wrong way, but ultimately, I think there's been a series of events that's occurred over my life that have put me in the position to say, this is meaningful, this is impactful, this is a direction you should go in. Mm -hmm. There's a platform for purpose and passion in what we do and I can make a living at it. That's like win, win, win. Right, and you're helping, you're not just helping, and we can go into that then a little bit later, but you're not just helping businesses, you're helping, like at the root of it, you're helping a lot of people yes. in general. So yeah. it, you're recognizing now that what you do impacts the lives of people daily at their houses too, with providing better benefits and everything else. So it's kind of cool that you can take something that would normally be kind of a little bit dry. And we've talked about that yep. in the past, a little bit dry and a little bit boring. And even just the way your messages are is way different. And it's completely an industry disruptor. So it's cool to have watched that even in the last year working with you, even begin to change a little bit more. For sure. And I talk about this in my industry specifically all the time. Like, I don't know that many people that went to school for insurance. <laughs> like, I know one guy. An 18-year-old is like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to live and breathe in health insurance and all that stuff. But, like, it, it, it took me growing up how I did and understanding, like, the CHIP system and Medicaid and seeing people that were suffering and making hard decisions on, like, okay, do I put food on the table or do mm -hmm. I buy this prescription that's going to keep me alive this month? Like, There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. But it took me working in the fitness industry, going to work for a pharmaceutical company, working for a big bank to realize, like, innately, I need to be helping people mm -hmm. and helping people on a... On a, on a larger scale. Um, so um, it, it's been very rewarding, but you don't always get to see the outcome in what we do. Um, a lot of negativity in our industry and things like that. But but to answer your question, it's not like I woke up one day and I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm going to be an insurance guy. Like, this is going to be awesome. Do you remember that moment, though, where you looked at 
the industry and you thought like this is a massive opportunity yeah and you're gonna pounce on it like did you was it that you saw that no one was doing what you were doing the way you were doing it or you just saw this like chasm that needed to be filled within that within the insurance industry yeah, it, it's crazy because I was working at Morgan Stanley and I met a guy that had his own agency and it was like a boutique firm. And and he's like, man, he's like, I like you, kid. I'm not going to, I was a wealth manager at the time. He's like, I'm not going to give you my money, but I'm going to teach you my business. <laughs> Denny Crum, to this day, I love that guy. Um, but when I got in, the Affordable Care Act had just passed, mm -hmm. Obamacare. Mm -hmm. And I saw all these old heads. Um, my industry is, is uh, wrought with uh, what I call uh, old male, pale, and stale. Mm -hmm. Like all these people <laughs> freaking out about this ACA thing. And for me, I didn't know any different because I was coming in at that time. And I just saw nothing but opportunity, opportunity for change, opportunity for new ideas. And I just started to run with it. It was probably better that you didn't have experience in it 100%. because you weren't blinded by what, the way it used to be. Yeah, Like that was almost an inhibitor for all those people in the past. Now, in every legal change and every, you know, industry change, there's always opportunity mm -hmm. to adapt. You know, you and I have talked a number of times about AI. We just got done talking about it. Literally, yeah. Yeah. the introduction of AI and what's that What's that going to do? And rather than freak out and uh, have that knee-jerk reaction, it's like, okay, what is the opportunity that lies mm -hmm. within this change? And it's going to change every industry. So from Everyone. insurance to marketing to you name it, medical diagnosing, everything's going to change. It's just a matter of how they react to it, just like ACA when it came out. Yeah. And then there's been countless laws that have changed. And over time, the industry is moving in a direction that we want it to go in, not without like a ton of like pushback mm -hmm. and um, special interests that are like, oh, no, we want our trillions of dollars. But, um, you know, it's I don't know. It's been very rewarding. Mm -hmm. I also like a challenge and it's been very challenging as well. But as a as a fellow business owner, you understand like um, it's the fight that kind of gets you up day after day, right? Yeah, it's sometimes it's the thing you look at that you're like, ah, oh, again, I got to go to battle again. But then when you're done with it and you've solved another problem that day, when you leave, you're like, okay, like that was a victory. You feel good now. Oh, dude. So I, I don't know a business owner unless like you're completely manic. Um, <laughs> and I'm not knocking mental health, please, by that comment. Um, I deal with mental health every day. Um, every single day, there's a lot of high highs and low lows. Mm -hmm. And some days it's like riding the roller coaster, like the super duper looper at Hershey mm -hmm. Park. Like um, it's tiring, but it's also rewarding. And I don't think I'd be doing anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once you get a taste of that, like you just said, you're like, I don't think I could go back to work for anyone else now. And once you get a taste of being able to kind of control your destiny or not your destiny, but you can control what you're doing daily, weekly, monthly, you know, if you want to change something, that's up to you or your team around you. And once you get a taste of that, it's kind of addicting in a way because you're like, oh, well, if we just try this over here, you might fail, but you might be wildly successful or help a lot of people in the, in the meantime. You, you do. You learn a lot about your business, but I think even more so you learn about all about yourself, what you're mm -hmm. made of. And you also learn what your a good character builder. It, it really <laughs> is. You learn what your limitations are and you build your team around those limitations mm -hmm. to be able to fill those holes. If you're smart, mm -hmm. right? Um, not everybody. That's like the, uh, six working geniuses. Did you? Yeah. yeah Pat Melancioni. Like we read that book and, uh, right after you invited us to the, um, Live to lead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, 
it was like a, a game changer within our organization. Yeah, so. shout out to Steve Goble on the introduction, Kirsten Urich for the working genius. And I use that with my team. I, I we had an intern come on here recently, and I used it with him mm-hmm. because I was curious, uh, you know, where he'd fit into our whole dynamic. Um, but in this process of building a business, I've learned a couple of things. Two of them, which not only more about who I am and my character, and 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 how this feels a void that I have in my life. Um, but also it's allowed me to be a better storyteller mm-hmm. because people want to understand what is the story. They don't want to be sold. Right. People love to buy, but, but they don't like to a be A lot of sold. businesses make that mistake where it's, they go with their logo and their building or whatever. And it's buy from this business, buy from this entity, not buy from Justin leader or Kara and Brett and Joe and I and Cody. It's, they take the, especially smaller businesses of our yep. size, they take the approach of, uh, well, this is what this big company's doing, Target, whatever, pick the big company. We're going to follow the lead of them. Well, it doesn't work for a lot of smaller businesses because there's not that personal, it feels cold. Yeah. And what a lot of what you're doing doesn't feel cold now because the things that your team's doing and you're doing is getting like Justin Leader out there to talk about, you know, whatever it is that's changing your industry. And it makes a big difference because- you're the guy that they're coming to. There's a lot to unpack there. So I wrote a blog a while ago called The Survival of Sincerest. I mm-hmm. think with the culture that exists in the United States now, everybody is seeking sincerity because there's so much fake crap that's out it's there. It's so easy to up. pick out too. And it is a lot a lot easier than it used to mm-hmm. be. Um, and on a long enough, you know, the common denominator of all things is time. I say that time and time again. Um, on a long enough timeline, you're going to find out somebody's sincerity and what their intentions are. Um, but I've worked for fortune 500 companies and I know a lot of folks that end up hiring those companies and they get really disappointed because they just become another number in a Mm -hmm. system. So for, for me, um, we don't have any private equity investment, you know, no venture capital, like it's all self-funded to Mm -hmm. build our business. And I found that our clients that come to us, they want that, that local feel, even if it is on a national basis Mm -hmm. and they want to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody that really gives a damn about their people. Right. And they know that when they know the history of your business and you're pretty open about how benefits DNA functions, uh, they, you're not, they know that you're not beholden to a bunch of shareholders too. So you're not making decisions that are based on, well, I got to go back at the end of this quarter and give so-and-so a report on their investment. Like it's your investment. Well, I got an update for you there. Oh boy. Okay. So, so we talk about (laughs) shareholders. The intent of my business and because of how my industry operates, it's typically one or two people in the independently owned firms that gets really, really rich. Mm-hmm. And the other folks are, you know, um, there's a uh, giant gap. Yeah. There's a huge gap. So for me, everybody that joins the firm, they can be staff or they can go on the path to ownership. So I have three key staff people that are becoming owners right now because I want them to be part of something bigger than mm-hmm. themselves. And they came here because they want to be part of something bigger than they themselves. They saw your vision first. Were I, they, I, guess, were, I guess you're right. Were they attracted yeah. to, you think that was the main attractor in the beginning? Like this is, they were attracted to what you were doing, not just uh, not just the money at the end of the tunnel. Like their their thing was, this is, this is a great place to be with. Yeah, it definitely wasn't my good looks because that's <laughs> that's not there. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, I, I think yeah, it was a vision, and 
you know, I want it just going into my background, you know, I come from a non-traditional upbringing. Um, I was raised by my granddad, my great grandmother, almost ended up in foster care. I've always sought safety in my relationships. Mm -hmm. And for me, I want people to feel safe, like they're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks volumes for, for the team that we're building and they're willing and able and want to go above and beyond to help people. And that's something I admire in the work that they're doing, which should be rewarded. And I can't say that about other, other organizations. Right. You know, I don't think that there's any single entity out there, including in healthcare, that's like this nefarious, we want to do evil. Right, you know? right. No, but it, but there is, back to what we originally were talking about, there is this, there's this uh, attraction to people who are genuine within their businesses. And especially when, and you know how some of our businesses are structured, structured too. Like there's no outside uh, capital that's being invested, and it it really does change the way that you approach dealing with a client because you're not trying to do things for them that they don't need. You're actually tr you're legitimately trying to help them. Well, that's why I left the big bank I worked for. Yeah, I was there long enough to have somebody say two things: one kid, you'll never make more money than you'll be able to make here. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's not what drives me. And then secondly, they wanted me to sell something to an individual that wasn't within their risk profile. Mm -hmm. I put in my two weeks notice. I'm like, and maybe I'm, that's a little too punk rock, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't need you, man. Like, right, right. I'm, I'm out. And uh, one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun journey, and I'm I'm excited to expand upon that. And what I love about business is you get to pick and choose who you work with. So like, even when I met lead lamp, you know, you guys were starting to build out your clientele and I'm like, these folks care about what they're doing. They're really cool. They have great ideas. And I got jazzed about that because I know I have a voice, mm -hmm. but I needed like that megaphone to get that message out in a bigger, you know, bigger, yeah. uh, no, and it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. There's been some crazy uh, moments here in the studio, even uh, having you in. So it's been I mean, I, 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 I'm very afraid of the day that the video of me comparing the U.S. healthcare system <laughs> to the war between the Bloods and the Crips gets out there. Um, I've learned to get a better night's sleep before I get I a microphone. I think there might be someone on, in your organization that might have that clip too. I believe sure. it. I uh, believe it. Oh we'll just boy. save it for a, a rainy day. Yes. But um, okay, so let's let's kind of transition into. Um, we talked a little bit about how you were identifying, and we're jumping around, but we talked about how you identified that need in your industry, but like go through what it took to make you launch Benefits DNA as it is now, like the story behind the name and kind of like the, um, the, the, the launch, the hitting the launch button on <laughs> Benefits DNA. Oh my God. Like I go through like a, a wave of emotions. And I think some people have that entrepreneurial bug and they're like, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna do this, like nothing's gonna get in my way. Mm -hmm. For me- and th That's an amazing thing to watch too, because you know, we, you know, ours, we have one of those in our organization that is just like, you're not oh, gonna go, stop go, go. If the idea starts, yep. it is a freight train, it's not stopping. Yes. Um, so I, I, I'd like to think of it not more calculated. I just was more cautious. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is too, is coming from a background where like, I watched my grandfather lose our family home. Like I, I saw poor money management mm -hmm. and I knew that I always wanted to have a family. So for me, it was like building that structure, that foundation. And I'm gonna say something that every single business owner I've ever met says, I wish I would have done it sooner. 
And I feel that now, mm -hmm. but I also have to appreciate and value that everything happens on its own timeline as well. Mm -hmm. But I had encouragement. I had Denny Crum uh, from Special Risk Insurance Services who's like, kid, like you need to start your own company. It's cool that when you look back and even, you know, I'm a little younger, but the, in my professional history too, like there's always that person, uh, whether the, at the moment you thought there was a good influence or a bad influence, there's always that person later where you were like, that was, that was like my pivot person. They made yeah. me do X and it usually ends up having you prosper more in the long run, but it's in the moment they might even be your villain. But at the end of the story, you're like, I'm so happy that that person existed. No, so it sounds like you had that. I, I did. Yeah. Denny and I, uh, we got like a father son relationship in a lot of ways. That's good. And you know, he, um, he pushed me and challenged me and all, he gave me warnings that in some cases I didn't heed. Uh, but it took after leaving, so I started Benefits DNA in 2014 and I was ready, getting ready to go. I ended up working for another firm and did really, really good work. I learned a lot. And I will say that I was probably too immature mm -hmm. when I first formed the LLC to go full bore into it. Benefits DNA. Benefits okay. DNA. But I started to acquire knowledge. I started to learn from others. And then it took a series of unfortunate events in order for me to say, I got to double down on this and punch the gas. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a it was a letdown in some business relationships that I had and personal relationships that really put the light, you know, lit the fire into my rear. But I started to have more and more people that believed in what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And that that was the platform for me to jump. And it, it was my clients. It was my wife. Um, I have a letter that she wrote to me the day that I said, I'm going full bore into this. I hang it above my desk. I'll take it with me till the day I die. Um, and, um, you know, I owe those people a lot. And now um, I'm just so thankful mm -hmm. and grateful. And it's so hard to do. And I know I just met Jelly Roll this week, right? CMA recording yeah. art, like new hey, artist of the year. you were texting us pictures. I was, uh, I was a little jealous. Yeah, yeah, so his song, Son of a Sinner, yeah. he says, um, I took the rear view off of this old Ford because I only see in front of me. I think it's also important to have that rear view mirror because you have to pause and say, I came from here to here to here. You don't want to forget. No matter what you came from, you still need to remember what you came from. Yep. Uh, and I think that helps you forge your story no matter what you do in the future. It, it does. Yeah. It does. And, uh, you know, when I speak with folks, like, I'm not a sales guy. Uh, I'm more of a relate. Like, I care about the relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, for me, like, you either like the story and you want to work with us, and that's great if you do. If you don't, it's fine. You don't have to. But like, I want to leave them with something. Mm -hmm. And what I leave them with needs to be hope or some emotion or some want, you know, to, to move in a, a way, like a, 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 the direction of continuous improvement as mm -hmm. opposed to complacency. You know, I want to leave them with something. Um, and they may not like me or like the way that I present myself as well. Yeah. And that's okay too. Then you need to know the move on. Like that's a- Or like, I need to know what am I doing? Do I right. smell bad? Like- If like, it's a bunch of them, then you my, need yeah. to look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So let's get back onto the benefits DNA thing. And I told you uh, the, the meaning of this is not to sell benefits DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is uh, an interesting story because you even have it to the point where like, Benefits DNA is part, it's, it is ingrained in you. So yeah. uh, what is, like, how did you come up with the name for Benefits oh, cool. DNA? How did you, what was like the, um, that catalyst for getting it probably 
past that vision in your head to like, now we are, I'm here. I've hung my, my shingle on the side of the building and this is now, uh, I'm doing this. This is my business. Well, it, it started with a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I have a tattoo. I have a half a sleeve. It's, um, I was an undergrad in pre-medicine. That's what my undergraduate degree is in. So I'm like a science nerd. Okay. I got an obsession with DNA. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because we all saw Jurassic Park at an early age. I think that's what. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, you know, I don't know who my real father is. So I've always had this interest in, 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 in DNA, but I got, um, uh, the Virgin Mary tattooed on my arm and instead of the sacred heart, I replaced it with um, a DNA strand because there's one theory in genetics that ties in religion and science and it's uh, mitochondrial Eve. Mm-hmm. So mitochondria, powerhouse of the cell, the DNA that's contained within can mm-hmm. be tracked back to one single maternal source. Mm-hmm. So whether it's evolution or religion you believe in, that theory. But I started thinking about the benefits world and I started thinking about clients and I'm like, every single client has a unique DNA. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen 10 dental practices, each of the dental practices, they clean teeth, they repair teeth, right? Mm-hmm. But each one has a different culture, right? Every business has different needs financially. Their employees, the culture is different. Culture in Lancaster, Pennsylvania is very different than a client that we have in Kansas, mm-hmm. right? Um, their benefits are going to be structured differently. There's different players. So what I get sick of is seeing this cookie cutter approach where people come out and they're like, uh, I got the silver bullet solution. It's going to fix your healthcare woes. Uh, I even gotten a... And, and it usually probably does short term. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Because we've talked about that. But like a lot of times you'll get into what these plans look like and then a year later, you're like, what am I, why are we in this plan? Yeah. So anyways, we're getting, we're getting off well, track. So, yeah. so, so benefits DNA, that was the culmination of yeah. like, like you almost have to be a forensic scientist to understand what's going on in a health plan. You need to get down to the granular level mm-hmm. and then you need to build that plan specific for that employer that you're working with. I like that because when you said, you know, the dentistry, that speaks to our heart because that's where we originated from. Um, the cool thing about that is when you look at it from an outsider's perspe- perspective, like, oh, it's just another dental office. It's the same as that other dental office. It's the same as the one down the street as well. But like you said, you need to have a forensic scientist that goes in. If I look at a piece of DNA from someone that I know and then look at yours, I'm going to go, oh, okay, great. Same DNA. It looks the same. Yeah. But when you get that scientist involved or that professional involved from that industry, and that could kind of apply to marketing too. Like anyone who's an expert in their industry, when they take a closer look at that business, that specific business, that specific uh, dental organization, um, you're going to realize, wow, this is wildly different, but it takes that microscope and peeling back the covers a little bit to see that difference. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I, I know I frustrate the heck out of a potential client. They had a little over a thousand um, employees. So a couple thousand belly buttons mm-hmm. when you add in spouse independence and they're like, I need to know your vendor stack and I need to know what, what's the solution that's going to fix our problems. And it's like, it'd be irresponsible for me to start to diagnose what's going on with you if I don't know what your symptoms are. And for mm-hmm. me to know your symptoms, I need to do some blood work. So I look at it this way. When you're sick, you go to a doctor. If your company's health plan's sick, you come to me. Mm-hmm. We're going to fix it. it. Yeah, and it's, it, it takes that different level of care than you would normally go to, or a business would normally go just to another broker, but you're taking it to a different level where you're actually doing a lot more 
investigation before you go and offer them a solution. Yeah. And yeah. L- listen, I, I put a lot of content and information out there, mm-hmm. really keen on compliance and the laws and innovation. One of our clients was used as the basis for what would become the hospital transparency law. Heck, the head of HR was there when Donald Trump signed the document mm-hmm. a few years back. You know, like I'm looking at this on a national scale, mm-hmm. like we're going to prove concepts locally. We're going to expand upon them. We're going to pull from resources across the country. And we're, I mean, that's why I thought the tagline made sense. We fix your healthcare. Like that's, that's my goal. Yeah. And if it's for one person, awesome. If it's for everybody, great. But if you want to talk about what really lit the fire under my rear end, mm-hmm. it's when I got a call from my aunt Gwen and, um, my aunt Gwen, like, like most of my family, I told you I was Medicaid chip kid. Bedford, Pennsylvania has more cows than people. We're a, we're, 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 we're an exit on the turnpike. It's a bison. Isn't there a bison farm out there? At Bedford Bison. Yeah, yeah. I was a Bedford Bison. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that was my graduating, uh, or that was our mascot in high school. But Gwen worked at Denny's. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that listen to your podcast that probably stopped at that Denny's. But she, like most American, she's living on what hour she works and her tips. Mm-hmm. Um, her health plan becomes a high deductible health plan because somebody said, oh, we're going to make everybody consumers in healthcare, But you don't know how the hell to navigate the system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard for the layperson. So we get this common problem with the Alice demographic, asset limited, income constrained, yet employed, where she can't take time off work to go to the doctor. She also can't afford her out-of-pocket expenses. She literally, a lot of those people in that position are in, they can't afford to do anything. No, no, they're trying to put food on the table. At this point, she's trying to take care of her grandkids who were living with her. So she ends up collapsing at work, and I get this phone call from her. She's diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer, and she says, Judd, I can't afford this. Not how can I beat this, but how can I afford this? She has no idea what federal programs are in place to protect her, what federal programs would allow her to get free care at any of the not-for-profit hospitals in the country. But it comes back to the simple issue that she couldn't afford time off work and she mm-hmm. couldn't afford to go to the doctor. Until we fix that, we're going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. So that lit the fire under my ass to say, this is now personal for me. Was that after you started or before you started? It was after I started. Okay. Yeah. So now there's an there's an, a real close, it's a close relative that's a big motivator for you for that. And unfortunately, she's dead. Yeah. But I mean, that story though, I mean, that's still a moment in your, that's a moment now that. Not to get biblical, it's part of the Genesis, right? Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but, but that was a big motivator that you're going to keep with you no matter, you know, if that family member's with you or not, which unfortunately, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, it was, it was probably pretty advanced at that point. So yeah. Stage, stage four cervical cancer is what she had. But, but that you can use now and kind of continue in your benefits DNA legacy, like that's now a piece of it. So there's something closer to you now that's even close. It's even tied into the a hundred percent. So, yeah. yeah, but I, I think, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're selling widgets, like, like I just encourage anybody, if, if you're living your life, like make sure that you're doing something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. that provides you with purpose. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you're not advice. enjoying it, why are you going to keep doing it? Oh, uh, right. listen, I don't enjoy this every day. There's days where <laughs> well, I'm no, no, no. But you know, I feel like I'd rather get a colonoscopy. To be honest with the, you, you deal with the vendors I deal with. But yeah, to your but point, the end. But yeah. but you're not you're not in it to deal with the vendors. You're in it to help. You know the Alice's. You're in it to help the people that yeah. that otherwise don't know where to turn. 
And um, just from talking with you, there's been, I don't know how many times you told me different examples of like savings where you found that weren't available or their companies or individuals were told weren't available, but they really are. It's just, you have to take that time to peel that onion. Yeah. And you have to listen, if I wanted to, our revenue could probably be three times higher if I was Mm -hmm. taking money in places that other people in my industry take money. But ethically, like we're doing all right. Right. Yeah. I don't need to be like everybody else. I'm also, there's no plans for us to ever sell this business. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's a huge, it, it is confidence huge. boost for I'm you. I'm not looking for a, you know, quick payday or buy-in. Right. I've You're seen in that. You're in it. Yeah. So let's, let's switch a little bit and let's get on to uh, something that I think is very interesting. We talked about it last week um, when we got lunch was the, the pins that are appearing around here now. Oh yeah. So do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, you know what? It's, yeah. um, Man, I, so I told you I was raised by my granddad, Mm -hmm. my great grandmother who also helped raise me, his mom, she passed away when I was 14. We took care of her the last few years of her life. And then my pap, um, 2011, as I'm starting in this industry, has a massive heart attack. He's given a 10% chance of living. Dude survives. I end up taking care of him for as long as I could after that heart attack before he went into long-term care. But about a year ago, maybe not even a year ago, I'm going through a box of his stuff. Um, the, sh- the shell casings, cause he was in the military mm. that were fired off at his funeral, you know, some Steelers stuff. He was a bowler, but I find this like rusted out pin that I remember him wearing that said leaders never quit. I just sat there and thought about it. And it was so ironic or maybe coincidence that it was right when I was going through like a cha- like a challenging time, you know, thinking about the business a little bit and um, some relationships that I had and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I ended up writing a little piece about this leaders never quit pin and what it means to me. It was red, white, and blue. It represents, you know, him going to Korea. Mm-hmm. I thought about us losing our family home. I thought about him adopting me when I could have just easily went to foster care. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this means something. And ironically, Michael Verber <laughs> saw this and he goes, you need to make these pins and I want one. So I went and got them made and I, I put this story into a paper and I started handwriting notes to folks and sending them, you know, this leaders never quit pin. And the, the people that I send it to or give it to are people that I admire, that inspire me, mm-hmm. that have a story of hope, of determination and I feel that. Mm-hmm. I feel that as a part of my character. Like I feel like there's a reason people love Rocky Balboa. Right. Right. It's like that underdog story. They want to root for, you want to root for that guy. You want to root for the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have my business partner, Mike said to me like not too long ago, he goes, he goes, Justin leader. He goes, love my many underestimated since birth. <laughs> and I see those people out there and like, those are my, that's my tribe. So I started sending these out and giving them to folks and it started really resonating. Mm-hmm. Um, I got fa- phone calls with people who are like, hey, I wore your pin today. I just closed a deal, I was wearing your pin. Two weeks ago, local politician that won against all odds, um, mm-hmm. a commission. Crazy seat. story, that's an awesome story. Crazy, yeah. talk about underdog. Um, he ends up getting to introduce Joe Biden, the president. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, turn on the news. Here's a couple pictures, I was wearing your pin. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, and it was the day, I think it was the day or the day after that we had just talked. 
So you're like, you're blowing up my phone. Well, like, holy cow, this is, this is legitimate. Like you're, you're not joking about this. Well, you talk about definitive moments. So, so I was, um, at the Pennsylvania state SHRM conference society Mm -hmm. for human resources management. I've been on the council for a number of years and I ended up giving one of these pins to Steve Gilliland, Steve Gilliland, world renowned expert, like speaker, like he does huge venues with thousands upon thousands of people. He's funny. Mm -hmm. He's on blue collar comedy. Like I ended up seeing him for the first time in a long time. I had hired him years ago to speak at that conference. And I'm like, Steve, you look great. He goes, Oh, cancer will do that to you. I'm like, I had no idea. He goes, I haven't been very public about it. So I gave him one of these letters. I wrote a little thing, gave it to him and I get a call from him. Now, here's a guy that makes $10,000, $30,000 for one hour of his And he's time. meeting how many thousands of people a week? You know? well, he gives me a call and he goes, are you selling books yet? And I go, <laughs> what? He goes, are you speaking on this yet? He goes, listen, if you're not, you're missing an opportunity, not only to, I think, do something that you'd probably be good at, but you're missing an opportunity to help a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. He took it out of his time and he said, you need to, you need to, you know, take this out on the road per se. So he hooked me up with a booking agency that he works with. And that day I bought leadersneverquit.com and I'm like, all right, so there's something here. Yeah. So, um, the other person that I'll thank for the push in the tush, which may be an illegal NFL maneuver in the future, by the way, the tush. we'll find out. Yeah. We'll Not find this out. season though. Yeah. 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 Um, you're hoping it is though, cause it's, it's an Eagles move. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in this Vistage peer group with Kirsten Urich and um, Rebecca uh, Richwine. She's she's uh, a SVP of operations for a big company called Merikey. And she's like, listen, I deal with people that do consulting and behavioral health services for foster kids, for kids across the country, um, and uh, folks that don't end up where you're at, mm-hmm. uh, but they're trying to help them. They don't get to see the outcome. Would you come speak to them about you know, your past? And I was like, okay, I'll do this. So she had me come in with like 40 people um, at a local meeting. And I talked about the reason that I was raised by my grandparents. I shared about the fact that my mom had left um, and left me abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, She couldn't hack it. She had me too young. And um, how my grandfather took me in and then uh, experience when I did live with her that I saw physical abuse from a man she was married to not only abuse and beat her, but beat me. And then sexual abuse that occurred, um, at the hands of, um, somebody I was left with. And I shared this story with these folks and it was important for them to hear it, I guess, from what Becky had shared with me, because they get burnt out because they genuinely care about the people that they're trying to help the families, the kids. And it was really important for them to see the outcome on the other end. Mm -hmm. So since then I've started sharing my story after having folks come up, essentially like being like, this is, this is really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, Sharing stories about suicide and depression and, you know, alcohol problems and things like that. Um, so for me, it gives me not only a therapeutic platform to share a story that I think is meaningful, right. but, um, the ability for other people to relate and feel like they're not the only one. And I'll quote Kirsten. Uh, she told me once she goes, your story could be the key that unlocks someone's prison. And I will never forget that. Yeah, and I will never miss an opportunity to maybe leave some sort of impact on somebody mm-hmm. I'm talking to.
Yeah, because you don't know how that you don't know what that person's going through in that moment. No. And just talking with them for 15 minutes could make a huge, a huge difference. Could change the whole trajectory, <laughs> trajectory of where they were going. Well, it, can I can I give an example? Yeah. Let me give a it. story. So I was an RA in college. I didn't think that I'd end up in college. I ended up tagging along with a buddy that was getting recruited for football to California University like, of Pennsylvania. Ah, well, I try this school thing out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't what do I do next? Right? Do I go do a trade? Do I go to this college thing? I don't know. So um, it was funny, a, a, a campus tour guy saw me sitting there by myself and he's like, are you, are you here for a tour? And I'm like, nah, my buddy's getting recruited. He's like, well, let me give you a tour. Paul Burns. So I end up applying and I get in with horrible grades in high school. And um, I become a resident assistant and, um, you know, I got an open door policy. I like it because I get a room by myself. They pay me and I don't have to pay for the room because I'm paying for college myself. Mm -hmm. There's this guy um, who was picked on and ridiculed a uh, gay kid on my floor. I was in like the jock dorm. Robbie, Robbie was a unique guy. He was passionate about baton twirling. It was his thing. It was like nothing for him to light these batons on fire and go out and do like all his moves. But he was spit on, he was picked on, people ridiculed the hell out of him. And one day he came in and just sat down because I had an open door policy and we just talked for a while. F like flash forward a decade, I get this Facebook message from this guy and he's like, hey, are you Justin Leader that was the RA? <laughs> I'm like, maybe, <laughs> what's up? He goes, depends on what you're asking for. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did I write you up? Like, did I ruin your college career? Um, you know, uh, did I yell at you? Like whatever. But he goes, hey, I want to let you know there was a time I was um, planning on, you know, committing suicide. Um, and I was just about there. Uh, and I stopped by your room and you talked to me like a human being for like an hour. And I decided not to kill myself. And he's like, I've been meaning to tell you and I should have told you sooner, but thanks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Jesus. That's just, yeah. I mean, how do you, you just, even reply to that? You, you don't, yeah, you don't. You I asked him what he's into now, like what he's doing, yeah. like what he's done since then. And and him and his husband adopted a kid yeah. and gave, you know, the kid a love. And that was a, we talked about in our email last night uh, to kind of prepare, like that was a pivot moment for him. That was a pivotal moment that now that conversation could have sparked all these things that have happened now in his life, just from that time you spent. Dude, it, it's, it's, yeah. Life is so interesting. Um, and I'm thankful for the journey, no matter how hard it's been at times, but it's that stuff like that, that, mm -hmm. that like, you don't even know that you do Yeah, that you have to keep in mind. Cause that can happen for the positive. It could also happen to the negative because I'm pretty sure those people making fun of him and picking on him would feel pretty shitty if they know that he ended up killing himself because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you just, you never know what the end outcome of any interaction will be. So you just try to make sure it's the best interaction. Yep. And that's what I hope for my kids too. Yeah. I'm sure for your kids as well. Hopefully. Yes. That's yeah. the good thing. That's the dream. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we went, we went way deep on a lot of this, which was good. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of the idea of this podcast is to just start uncovering people in the area that are making a difference. And obviously you're a testament to that. So, as we kind of wrap up here, do you have uh, any, I mean, you imparted a, you imparted a, a bunch of good was <laughs> a good quotes and wisdom on us here today, but like, is there one thing that you would tell 
anyone who's thinking about like wanting to start a business or uh, just doing something in the area that would could make a difference in in someone's life or an organization's uh, uh, well-being to to just make that move like you were kind of talking about that earlier like just do it you know you're going to regret it for the years later that you didn't start at that at that time yeah i i'd say you're probably going to be afraid you're probably going to be nervous but embrace it mm -hmm. and and run straight into it and try and then on the flip side listen because there's a lot of folks that gave me great advice over the years that I didn't take. And I didn't realize it was good advice till I learned that lesson myself. Mm -hmm. You're going to go out and you're going to find out you're going to get a lot of really horrible advice as well. But inaction will lead to you having regrets. So be a person of action. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of thought leaders out there. Um, my good friend, uh, Julie Selesnick and Karen Handorf, they're attorneys. We talk about this all the time. Ton of good thought leaders. Be an action leader actually do something. Yeah. It's what's the thing we, I forget the quote exactly. So I'm going to butcher it here, but how many self-help books are written every year? Oh yeah. And like, like tens of thousands. Right. Of, yeah. And, and you know, how many do you have that you've bought that you don't even finish? It's just, you know, in the moment they're easy to grab and buy and think that that's an easy fix, but you're not really taking any action on it. So like, just kind of like the Nike, the Nike slogan is just do it. Like just put well, it to and, work. And don't minimize what that impact is. It could be at right. the dinner table. It could be in your business, mm -hmm. right? Um, it could be somebody on the street that you meet. Um, but if you can be anything, be kind, be good, mm -hmm. but take that action to actually do it. When And and I'll leave it on this too, as my closing remark is, uh, there's a lot of people that have probably maybe not done exactly what you're going to do, but have started businesses and have success or have had failures and now have success. And for the most part, when you talk to them, like they, they wanna tell you or, or guide you and don't do this, do that. And, and there's a lot of help that's out there just from talking to other people. Like if I call you up for a question or something, it's, it's you know, we wanna help people who are also starting out and take that knowledge and take that help from those people. Oh my God, you know, and even the public speaking thing, but it was like six years ago, Lee Rubin, who was a defensive captain for Penn State, hired him once to come speak at an event. And he goes, Justin, if you wanna speak more, speak more. <laughs> and it's like, that makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Quit thinking about it and just, <laughs> just go speak yeah, more. Yeah, go speak more, yeah. right? But now it's, it's awesome to be in here today and spend some time with you. I, I love everything you guys are doing. And I hope that this, um, this message, uh, you know, reaches some folks and helps to change their life. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate we appreciate it. you being uh, the inaugural guest on our new format too. So it'll be great. Hey, happy to be. Cool. Thank you.